What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Social Sauce Podcast. I'm your host, Sam Hobson Fairman, and I have a very special guest today. I have Jenny Wecker from Fawn Design. I am literally obsessed with Jenny. <laughs> I So we actually went to high school together, and we'll talk a little bit more about this in the episode. Um, but she was two years older than me. We didn't run in the same circle at all. Like We just knew who the other person was. And she went on to start Fawn when she, I think she was like 19 or 20. She was super young. And she essentially designed the most perfect diaper bag. And it literally just exploded. Like if you, especially if you're in Utah, you know Fawn Design. Like this is like a very big brand, multi-million dollar company. She has built this from the ground up. And it's been so cool to watch her do this and it's so inspiring and but my favorite thing about her is that she is just so genuine and real like and you can tell that she genuinely wants other people to succeed like she is so generous with her wisdom and her advice like she is there for you it's and it's not for any personal gain at all like you can totally tell and I just am so honored to have her on the podcast. Like I've been wanting to have her on for a long time, but I just know she's so busy. And so it was one of those things where I'm like, I want her on, but I'm like, this is probably the last thing she wants to do. So anywho, it ended up falling into place and it was so great. And she has some very exciting news. So I'm not going to spill too many of the beans, but one of the many exciting things that's going on here is she actually launched her own podcast. It launched, if you're listening to this in real time, it launched yesterday. So September 30th, and it will be, there'll be a new episode every Thursday. And this is, if you're listening to this podcast, you're going to want to listen to her podcast too. Like she is going to be speaking to women about balancing your career or your business with your personal life, talking about how to take care of your mental health. She shares in this episode her experience with mental health and running a business and being a mom and trying to find your identity within all of that. And so I'm so excited for her podcast because it's something that is so needed and she has such a great perspective on things. So it's called That's My Jam with Jenny Wecker. It's now available. So after you listen to this episode, I want you to hop on over and go listen to her. She is incredible. So um, without further ado, Jenny Wecker. All right, guys, I'm here with Jenny Wecker of Fawn Design, or I guess Fawn, sorry, I always get that. Well, I still say Fawn Design, it's like, <laughs> it just rolls my, fa- my phone, I literally type Fawn and it immediately, design, you know, like it knows, so d- dropping the design has been, I still can't do it, yeah. everyone else around me is like, why is this so hard for you? Like, well, I don't know. It's just in my soul. Like when I'm telling people, I'm like, yeah, I work for Fawn, and they're like, Fawn Design, I'm like, yes. You know it. Yes. Well, I'm so excited. This has been a long time coming. I know. It has. Like, what is, is it September? So nine months probably yeah. since we... We started, uh, I guess, talking about the rebrand. So yeah. a little backstory for you guys. We Jenny and I went to high school together. And back in like December, right? Yeah. Of last year, um, Jenny reached out about doing a rebrand for Fawn. And so we did that project together and all went well and then a few months later we started doing social we started doing mm-hmm. Fawn's social media and now we're doing Fawn's whole creative direction yep it's so fun it's been a great 
great relationship. I'm so glad that I, like, it's, it's funny. Cause obviously I knew who you were. We went to high school together, but we were like, not even in the same yeah. friend groups. We just, yeah. But I feel like I knew who you were. And then I, that's like the weirdest part with Instagram, right? You just like follow people that you like kind of know, but don't know. And I think that we both just started following each other. And then I just have been watching kind of your work and what you've been doing. And then, yeah, I was just feeling this last year, like, Oh, Fawn really needs just a refresh. Like Mm -hmm. we've been kind of doing the same thing for seven years. Like we need, yeah, we need to step it up. And so I kind of reached out to you thinking like, Oh, Sam's probably too busy. Like she's, I know she's busy and has too much going on. (laughs) So I was so stoked that you were like totally on board and just, yeah, it's been so fun to work with you and your team and you guys are the real deal. Well, thank you. Literally, this has been such a dream. And I remember actually when you, you had like followed sauce Mm. and I, I remember sitting, I was at like a co-working space at the time with one of my friends and I'm like, Oh my gosh, (laughs) Jenny Wecker just followed sauce. What the heck? And then I think you reached out like a couple hours after that. And then, yeah, here we are. It's been just making magic. Yes, it's been such a dream. So I'm so glad. It's we really are so thrilled. And I think one of the coolest things is having people reach out to me or just even like, you know, I'm at a family dinner and it's like the guys there are like, your Instagram, your social's looking so cool. Like I just people that. in my life who don't really like it's not that they don't pay attention, but they kind of and I don't want to say they give me a sympathy like on Instagram, you know, totally. but they're just they're supporting, yeah. but that that they actually have noticed a total shift and to the point where they like say something to me about it. And so it's cool to be like, you, you know, yeah, I'm like, we're working with this awesome agency that's just like bringing these things in my head to life. And yeah, it's been great. So we're thrilled. I love to hear that. Literally, it's been so fun because it's like, it's such a different angle we're taking with you guys. Yeah. And it's like, you literally give us creative freedom and it's, but like, the best part is, is like you give us a storyline. It's like, okay, let's take like the pack shoot. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, we want collegiate vibes go. And it's like, that gives us so much like good direction, but there's still like room for creativity that it's like, it's literally such a dream. Well, and for me, what's been just really awesome is yeah. Like having those ideas, like when we decided to kind of refresh the pack and, you know, I have an amazing product team right now. Who's doing all the so product good. stuff. But you know, when they showed me it, that's like the first thought I had was like, Oh, I just see this on some bleachers or yeah, that collegiate vibe. And then it was so cool to be able to tell you that with very minimal like stuff, you know, it was just, here's a couple like ideas I've had. And then to just see it come to life and even be way better than I ever pictured. I'm like, that's when you know you're working with the right people is when they like take what you're hoping and they just knock it out of the park. And I think as especially as an entrepreneur a lot of people have a hard time letting people help them and letting them do things and especially content's one of those things that like you know you hold on to that so tightly because you're just it represents who you are and your brand and I think to be able to work with people that you're like not only do they get it but they like surpass what I even would ever do myself like that's when you know like okay yeah this is this is a good a good thing so yeah no and like honestly the feelings are so mutual because it's like there's so we have a lot of clients that like really just are holding so tight on like what they think it should be mm-hmm. where it's like 
I promise if you let go, it can be really awesome. Yeah. And so it's just like really awesome to work with you and like have that trust. And it, it lets us be better at our job. You yeah. Know? Well, I'm glad to hear that. I do think like part of, you know, us talking about how we kind of met and came to be, I do think that's important because I was watching, like that sounds creepy. I was watching what you were doing yeah. for a while behind the scenes before I even approached you. And I think that's really important. I think sometimes we feel this like, insane pressure to like make decisions go quick you know hire the agency do those things where really you should be taking the time to like look at their other clients look at the work they're doing so then by the time you do decide to like move forward you feel really really confident about it and so i think that's why too this relationship has just made a lot of sense is because yeah really on the back end i was watching a lot but then we spent a lot of months working on stuff before we even had you jump in to content you know, but then once we've like kind of everything we've tacked on with you guys, it has just felt very natural, very right because we're just working on the same wavelength. And I think that takes time and it can be, it's like running a business, owning a business is such a rat race. You just want to like pedal to the metal all the time. And even my personality, I'm actually like, it's kind of my big, it's like the best thing about me and the worst thing about me as an owner is I'm very impulsive. And so some of my best decisions I've made have been because I was able to make a quick decision, mm-hmm. but also some of the biggest mistakes I've made and the most expensive ones, it's because I made too quick of a de- decision. Yeah. And so I do actually love that like our relationship has like shown me kind of something that I've needed to see of like sometimes taking your time like really pays off. Oh yeah. No, so. and I think that's that's such a good lesson, I think, because like understanding yourself and like understanding that like big decisions like this they do take time yeah. and it's okay and it's okay to leave people on red for a little bit mm-hmm. and circle back like even though it like might feel rude it's like you've got to like mull over this yeah and you'll and then when you do make the decision like you feel way more confident about it and it's not like oh my gosh what did i just do mm-hmm. you know well i a big just a big theme for i think my life and i'm sure a lot of people's too is just like running your business with such intention and sometimes intention comes to you very quickly you know it, it does like you just feel those like that intuition that is just like yes this is yeah. this is exactly it this is what i need to do i know it because then the, i think too to like realize how much you're thinking about it you spend so many hours thinking about it stewing on it before you actually voice to someone like no this is what we need to do and i think sometimes my team in the past has maybe been like oh yeah like that was a very quick thing but really when I'm like I've actually been really thinking about it but then when I go to pull the trigger it's very quick of like okay let's get the ball rolling let's get moving um but then yeah there are those things that you just you do need to let them simmer you need to voice them and like let let it just sit for a minute and let people have an opportunity to chime in and even just yourself to like vocalizing it and then be able to take time for those gut checks totally yeah, I love that. And that's like why I love talking with you so much is like you are such a wealth of knowledge. Nice. No, I'm like, truly. it's you know, it, honestly, it comes just it's I hate it, but it's like it comes with time, you know, like, yeah, but it does. But, yeah. you know, I've been doing fawn almost. I mean, I've been doing it eight years, but we've been a business, you know, we've been officially a business almost eight years. But um, and I, you know, I have no I have no business background like. I am a college dropout. I did two semesters 
And I, I even actually was just talking to someone about this other day. Like, I feel like I'm one of those people that I'm actually kind of surprised I graduated high school. And like, really? and I think people like that is surprising to yeah. them, but it's like, I was just a student who just, I struggled so much. Like for me to get a C was just like, thank goodness. And it's like, and it wasn't for lack of trying. And that's something like my parents have actually talked about a lot recently. I have I have three half brothers who are in middle school and high school. So there's lots of talk, you know, of homework and grades at their house. And um, something that I like have heard them saying, which actually like means a ton to me is they were like, you know, Jenny wasn't a straight A student, Mm -hmm. but she put in so much work and she tried her best. And that's what really matters, you know? And I, now that I'm like, you know, an adult, I can actually see that because first school was really hard for me and it actually, it really wrecked my self-esteem. And I just remember thinking all the time of like, especially with going to college, what, you know, what are you going to do? And I'm kind of like, I can't do anything. Like I'm not smart enough. Like Mm. what job could I possibly have? And so especially to reflect on what Fawn has become, I'm like, I'm still baffled by it only because I remember 18 year old me just being so grateful I graduated high school, you yeah. know, and like, um, but that just shows you too so much of, you know, I'm, I'm all for college. I'm a big advocate for education. And I've even had thoughts of like going back one day potentially because I just, I do love to learn, but sometimes like, you know, traditional learning doesn't work for right. everybody, but you yeah. can still be so successful. And I'm kind of, I just want to like, scream that to people of like if you were someone who was struggling in school that doesn't mean you're not gonna like make it you know I think so much of entrepreneurship is really just continuing to show up and that's I think a lesson I learned in school is like yeah I might have not done great on that test but I'm still gonna show up before school to get help from my math teacher and try and take the test again even though (laughs) probably going to get a C again, yeah. you know, but I think that's, what's really, really, really important to remember. Yeah, no, I am so glad you said that. Cause like, I actually feel very seen. Cause I was literally the same way. Like, yeah. and I would see all my friends, like, like I remember, okay, Cole Hansen, who's your brother-in-law. And he's my, yeah, my brother-in-law. He sat in front of me in chemistry. Yeah. And he's just naturally smart. He's very smart. Like didn't have to try. He's like, going to medical school. Let's set the, yes. set the stage for him. Yeah. He's just, he's really, really smart. Exactly. Yes. So he's so smart and he's the type that like, he didn't really seem like he was paying attention. He was talking to me about, so actually fun fact. So Cole and I would write notes to Eli my now husband yes in high school because he had the class right after me and so we'd leave and they'd sit in the same (laughs) desks as us and we'd leave them note him and another friend notes so I got to know Cole really well but he was just like this like goober who didn't really care like he wasn't he didn't have to try but he'd ace Ace the the test test. yeah and I'm over here I'm like I don't know like the, the only way I grad or I passed that class was I was at a cheer competition during the lab and so she just wrote it off for me. Yeah. Otherwise, I don't Amazing. think I would have passed it. Yeah. And so I just... I had a couple experiences like that. Like, actually, I'm, like, totally spacing her name, but my math teacher, my junior year... Is it Moore? Was it Miss Moore? Ms. Yes. Moore? I think it was her. She's a bitch. Really? <laughs> yeah. I don't actually... I her. <laughs> was it Miss Moore? I don't know if it was, because... So this teacher, she... She was really young, so maybe it wasn't. Wait, did she date the other older yes. teacher? What's her? I know who you're talking okay, about. Okay, but I'm like, if she ever, I mean, she, I doubt she'd even remember me, but it was like, 
she so she would have me come in before school to get help and there was like one point where we were going through something you know we'd gone through it so many times and she finally looked at me and was like you don't understand this huh and mm-hmm. I just was like no like I don't and we kind of like backed up she's like tell me when you didn't understand something in math and I was like fourth grade <gasps> like I remembered mm-hmm. trying to do long division yeah and just it, that's when everything was like, this doesn't make sense. And I was too scared mm. to say something to my teacher. So pretty much since the fourth grade was just a downhill of like, I don't. So it's like, you know, and you build so much fundamentals in school on top of what you've learned. And so she was so great because she like, she saw that like, this person is really trying. They just don't understand. And so yeah. she never like, you know, gave me an A, but she, she did make sure I graduated Mm -hmm. you know I got the credits I needed for math and I was really really grateful for that and as I've reflected that you know it was such a good like just learning lesson of yeah like sometimes you're not it's just like I don't know those worldly standards just really they don't matter you know and there are people who will see it and there are people who who don't yeah unless you're gonna be like an engineer or I guess a doctor doctor, yeah yeah. like you don't really need to know logarithms no you know well I think it's hard like that you mentioning you know my brother-in-law like your guys are in the same class yeah and I have those moments too where I'm like I'm in the I'm in a a difficult class so why is this so hard for me but the person sitting next to me it's not as hard for them totally and that's how we're measuring success all growing up so it's kind of no wonder we all have like so many mental health issues because that's yes. the environment where we're being put in of measuring your successes by a grade letter or how well you take a test where I'm like, there's so many things I'm so good at, like put a test mm-hmm. in front of me and I'm just like amnesia, you know, I don't Same. remember anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm like, that's a long tangent about school, but it's something that I do feel really passionate about of just yeah, traditional learning doesn't always work for everybody and that's okay. Yeah, I love that you said that because I, yeah, like I said, I'm sure people listening, like I feel so seen, like other people listening yeah. probably feel that too because it's like, yeah, you see all these people that excel and there's they're the ones that are projected to be the most successful mm-hmm. and like, look at you, like you, you say like, it was hard for me to graduate high school and you have this multi-million dollar company. Yeah, like, I know it's... Who's to say what's successful? Yeah, you know what no, I mean? and it's crazy and it, like I said, like, it blows my mind because I do remember that, that, you know, I keep saying little Jenny. I, I talk about little Jenny often of how I felt inside. And it's like, if you could just see what you will do, mm-hmm. like this actually won't matter as much as it seems like it does. Totally. I love that. Well, let's, okay, let's go back to the roots yeah. of Fawn. Cause I feel like your story is so rad. And I actually heard the full story when, for the yeah, first last time. week. Yes. <laughs> it was so fun to film. Like, I feel like I've, I have filmed, like, you know, similar things talking about kind of how Fawn came to be. But it was, like, the first time in a long time that someone was in the room who hasn't heard that. And just seeing your face, like, what? Like, I didn't, you know, mouthing, yes. I didn't know that, you know. And it was kind of cool. And it was, like, a good, like, oh, yeah, like, this still is cool, you it know. Is. this Even though I feel like sometimes a broken record of saying a lot of the same things. But I'm, like, there's still a lot of people who don't know about fawn or know what fawn how fawn started you know so yeah um so i i guess to back way way up i i'm a big sewer that's like my hobby that i love um and my mom is the one who actually taught me to sew when i was five years old which i have a six-year-old and a five-year-old daughter yeah. <laughs> and 
I the thought of one of them <laughs> sitting at a sewing machine is very terrifying to me. So I don't I've been meaning to actually lately ask my mom like why <laughs> yeah. did you let how me did, do that? Yeah, how did this happen? Cuz that seems dangerous, but um yeah, my mom is like a phenomenal seamstress. She actually lives in LA, works on film and television, you know, she's an award-winning costume designer. Like she's so just cool. so good. Um I've yet to ever meet anyone who can sew as well as my mom. So to have like the master teacher, you know, is was truly a blessing. But yeah, she taught me when I was five and um, I just, I loved it from the second I started doing it um, and, you know, would make Barbie clothes and American Girl doll clothes. And I like made a dress for me to wear to church and at such a young age, but I just loved it so much. And um you know, to fast forward, I think especially kind of going back to that traditional school, I always knew I I wanted to do something with my sewing, but I just never knew what I could do with it. Like, how do you have a job with sewing? And I just never felt like that was something I could really do. So I, it was always just kind of that thing that was just pushed aside. And, um, yeah, I just kind of was like, I do it for fun, but not going to really do anything with it. And, um, I met my husband whose also name is Cole. That's very confusing. My sister and I are both married to Coles. So, you know, probably most of the time I'll be talking about the Cole I'm married to. So, um, but you know, Cole and I met and, you know, that was something he saw in me really early on of like, no, you're like, you can like, obviously you sew. He's like, but you're like, you're on another level. This isn't just like you know, I like to sew for fun, you know, so he was really encouraging to me, like, we got to do something with your sewing, and I kind of was like, eh, I don't know, and then um, I had a friend who was pregnant, and I guess, yeah, this is nine years ago, but she was telling me she couldn't find a diaper bag that she liked, and everything that was available was kind of cheesy, and, you know, it was really meant for, like, you'd think the baby was carrying it around, you know, Winnie the Pooh on it, and, um, so I was like, oh, I feel like I could make her a bag that she would like with really the only intention was to make it for her as like a baby gift. I didn't have very much money at all. You know, we're super poor living in an apartment, both working, he's going to school. So like to even buy her a nice baby gift was like out of the question. And so I decided to make her a diaper bag. And so I spent, you know, the months of her pregnancy coming up with this bag and making prototypes and ended up landing on, you know, what our original bag actually is today. I mean, you saw yeah. one of, you know, you saw one of the first ones I made. The essence of it is still very much there. Obviously, quality is better, materials are better, hardware, all that is a lot better, but the shape and mm-hmm. the pockets and all that is is the same. Um, so I made her the first bag and I gave it to her at her baby shower and, um, had a bunch of her friends at the shower like hey can you make me one of those bags and so I was like yeah I guess I could make a few more and a few more and it just really started to snowball or I'd have random people like messaging me on my personal Instagram of like hey I, I met someone at the mall who had this bag and they said that I you know to reach out to you and so um just like a snowball yeah and yeah. I just was sewing all these bags and um you know still working full-time and um my husband actually built and i say that like with quotations built me a website 
on Weebly, if anyone's ever even heard of Weebly. Oh, Weebly, I ever heard that in so long. <laughs> I know. But I built like a little website so that I could sell the bags on there, but I would do them like I had 10, 10 available for pre-order that people could buy and then I'd spend the next two weeks making them and then send them to them. And so we did that. And yeah, when I would like list the 10 bags, you know, they would go so fast. And anyway, it got to be really overwhelming because each bag took me four hours to make. Oh, woof. Yeah, it was like such a labor of love. And what was starting to happen too is I was just dreading like my sewing machine, which... Yeah, you don't want For that. someone yeah. who loves to sew, like, yeah, I just, like, I would look at my sewing machine and want to cry because I'm like, I just don't want to do it again. I don't want to sew the same thing. Um, and so, you know, my husband was like, we should get these manufactured. And I had a hard time with that initially because I was like, no, I want to be this handmade business. But then when I really started to, like, lose this love of my craft, I'm like, yeah, you're right. So we ended up um, doing a Kickstarter to raise money so that we could start manufacturing. And, um, kind of from there, you know, the rest is history. We were able to raise $42,000 to start manufacturing and, you know, manufacturing has been a beast of its own. I mean, that can be an episode of its own. (laughs) Um, you know, a lot of trial and error, a lot of lessons learned, you know, but now we're eight years into it and, you know, we have a full manufacturing team and a little team here in Utah. And yeah, we're just one day at a time. Yeah, no, I think it's so cool. And like, like I knew you had, you know, created the design on your own and it just took off. And like, that's kind of how you got the ball rolling. But I didn't realize you literally sewed one, like yeah. a full blown well-made prototype and gave it to your friend as a gift like first of all that just shows like what a good (laughs) like that is insane and also like yeah technical designing like to be able to have that skill like that is so rare and so I think I mean there's so many parts of your story that are like just so cool but I grew up sewing as well but not nearly to that caliber so like when I like heard you say that I'm like (laughs) what like that is insane and so cool what's so funny because like i i do get that often from people but for me the sewing was the easy part yeah for me the all the other stuff the business stuff has been the the hard thing and i think you know what's what's cool to see now in hindsight is like i have such a i always my mom and i actually call it like we have such sewing brains Mm -hmm. and like what we mean by that is like those of you who sew like everything with sewing is inside out and backwards, Mm -hmm. you know? So you're really having to like think it through and visualize it. And, you know, so to me, it's like, well, it's no wonder that school was such a struggle because like my brain is just, I'm just wired differently where when I like sit down to do a sewing project or I look at something I want to make, I can look at it and already be like putting the pieces together in my head. And it just makes so much sense to me. And so it is so funny that you say that because like the sewing in a way was the easy part. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's so who I am, yeah. but it's, it's been like an uphill battle <laughs> with all the other stuff. Yeah. Well, and that's to me surprising as well, because I mean, I remember hearing about Fawn just taking off like, 
Do you, like, remember Jenny Kinghorn? She started this. That's your maiden name. I know. <laughs> she bless, started this. Bless me. I'm just kidding. <laughs> this amazing company, Bomb, blah, blah, blah. And I, I was following along on Instagram, and I just watched you blow up. And again, like, we went to high school. We knew who, we, like, the other person was. But, like, we had never been close. But, like, mm-hmm. I just always heard, like, Jenny, 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 like, fawn, fawn, fawn. And it's just... Like, it's so cool to, to see, like, to know who you were in high school and to watch you build this. And then even just talking with you, like, especially when we first jumped on to the social for Fawn, mm-hmm. like, you and I would Marco Polo all the time. And, like, you're just, like, like I said before, like, you're a wealth of knowledge. Like, when it comes to business, like, at the time I was like, I think I might need a mentor, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, do you, though? Like, <laughs> just, like, and, like, the advice you gave is just so solid. And I think, again, it's, like, with trial and error, but... Let's talk about like yeah. building the business. Cause mm-hmm. like you said, like the sewing piece came naturally to you. Building the business was more uncomfortable. So like what were like those first steps that you took to like start building the business and like how has it evolved since you've started? Well, I definitely think this is no surprise to anyone, but you know, growing a brand and a following on social is like, I mean, it's still so relevant today, mm-hmm. but that's, you know, that's a big thing that I learned and, and saw a lot of success with, you know, at the time, like if you think eight years ago, Instagram was, was relatively new bloggers, like, or yeah. influencers, like the term influencer didn't, wasn't even a thing yet, you know, but I really saw that that was like the way to get the word out, you know? So I spent a lot of time reaching out to people when I was still sewing the bags um, to see if they would post and, you know, sending them to them for free, you know, in exchange for a post. And obviously it was very different then, right? There wasn't, you know, you're just sending a DM and it's a, it's a very straightforward, like, sure. Yeah, I'll just post and it's no big deal. Where now, obviously there's a lot more things involved and money involved, but um, there, I, it's like I'm I'm always really hesitant to say this because I do like I want to be careful because I don't want people to think like oh you just have to give so much away for free yeah and I know that's a big thing like you know know your worth and I totally agree and know like all those things and I I kind of want to say this excluding service type businesses because that's different that's your time where you know obviously for me early on right that was my time it was four hours of my time but I saw so much value in that and I got it back tenfold where nowadays it's it's a little trickier you don't necessarily get the return that you hope so but but I do think it's really important to figure out what you're willing to do for free and I say that you know in quotations as far as whatever the cost of your product is or your time or those things because like how else do you get someone to know who you are? Mm-hmm. You know, I would always joke, especially when we did our Kickstarter of like, yeah, it's cool that my mom and grandma like fawn design, but yeah. that's not going to pay my bills. You know, yeah. that's not going to build this business. And so I think it's really important to set what you're okay to give away. And I think that's where I think, you know, having a really strong boundary there is what will help you from not feeling taken advantage of because if you're like I'm already I'm already okay with giving 10 bags away for free this month you should hopefully not feel bugged because you've already committed like that's what I'm gonna do yeah you know um so I do think that was a huge thing for me and it still is a huge part of our business I mean we give so much free product just for that like even with 
kind of knowing like I might never see a post or anything, but it's like that person might love the bag and be out and about and someone ask them mm-hmm. about it or their friends or whatever. And I think that's, there's still a lot of value oh, in that. Um, and trying not to get too caught up on what is my exact return? Yes. You know, if I send this bag to this person, what's all the stuff they're going to do for me? And I, it's hard because it, it has changed so much that that area gets a little bit gray, but that's always been my approach is I kind of send it off and just hope the best. And, you know, it, it's worked well you know, for the most part. Um, so I do think that's really important is to get people talking about your business. And that's where I think we can easily trace it back to where we've seen the most growth. Um, I think another like thing that's important is just the customer experience. And, you know, we hear that all the time. We hear so much like, you know, the customer's always right. And I'm, I'm not necessarily, uh, I don't actually agree with that. And that's controversial in some ways, but, (laughs) um, I think though, really focusing on who your customers are as people and picturing them and thinking about them and seeing them out and about, but taking care of them, you know, in a way that's obviously not like, you know, you are going to have people who abuse it, but you know, when something goes wrong, what are you going to do to make it right? And Mm -hmm. that's probably the biggest piece of business advice I give to people nowadays is so much of, you know, obviously focus on all the things you need to do. But what's your plan when things don't go the way they, you want them to, or something goes wrong or something breaks or something's lost in the mail because all those things happen and it's really hard to make those decisions when you're feeling like, oh my gosh, I can't believe all this is going wrong. So I kind of, sometimes I think in meetings, a lot of times I can come off as a pessimist because I'm constantly poking holes in the ideas my team has or a scenario that we're dealing with, but it's all because I'm like, I want us to be ahead yeah. of when things, you know, could potentially go wrong. Um, so that we're not panicking and then we're not making an impulsive decision or we're making the wrong decision. And obviously things happen and you have to make quick decisions, obviously. But I think really spending some time of like, what am I going to do when things go wrong? Yes. Well, and I think that's like, that's something that I learned actually in sixth grade debate. <laughs> it's oh, like, yeah. I'll think of all angles that like, you know, I guess this is, they use the reference of an argument, but I think about it in so many aspects of my life. It's like, think of all the angles that this could be perceived, right? Mm -hmm. So like how you're talking about, like I poke holes in all these things. It's like, no, we're looking at all the potential threats or Mm -hmm. wins, right? And I think that's really important because if you're only looking at win, 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 like that's where you can get into trouble right because not everything's gonna be a wild success Mm -hmm. even though we want it to be yeah no there's but what's cool is i think is being the owner like that's like it's something that really just happens with being the owner because you care at a level that no one will ever care like and i that i think is like the burden that you carry as a business owner Mm -hmm. you know is no one's gonna care the way you care and it can be really really tough um but I do think that's like the beauty of it, right? Of you care so much, so you're able to poke holes. You're mm-hmm. able to find those things because you care more than anybody else. Hey guys, I'm gonna jump into this conversation and let you guys know about something really exciting that we just are relaunching. If you've been following Sauce for a while, you know about the secret sauce. This is our 
36 page guide to a balanced content strategy. This is the content strategy we are able to put our clients through and find success. And it takes out all the guesswork of planning their feeds, planning all their social, and it actually works in our favor more than anything. So you're saving time and having a more beneficial strategic strategy um, with your social media. So if you're a small business owner, I know the struggle of needing to post on social media all the time, plus running the actual business. And we don't expect you all to be marketing experts, right? Like you are the expert in your field. And so that's why we created this guide is because we wanted it to be affordable and easy to digest for those that are getting into business, or maybe you're already there and you're needing a refresh or whatever it may be. This is so helpful for the person that's going to be doing social on their own. So this will be launching October 14th. So stay tuned. Make sure you're following us on sauce. We're going to be giving lots of more information on what this entails, but this is a must have for business owners or any social media manager out there. You need this. So anyway, let's get back to the conversation. I think another thing with scaling, because I know that's kind of where we were talking, but is like, I know people always want like this magic answer of like, here's the 10 things I did to scale my business. And it's so hard because it really is so individual, but I do think it has so much to do with the small things you do that really bring the big results. And that's actually something I've learned a lot from my current CEO Jeff who we love all Jeff. we all love Jeff like Jeff's the greatest person on earth and I mean I I could go on a, a like a Jeff tribute because I yes. just I he's just the greatest person and I feel so so lucky that he's in my life but that's something that he's really shown me is it's like it's all these little things that compound that really make the big successes and I didn't realize how much I've been doing that I just didn't yeah I just didn't recognize that's actually what has been happening. So I think you get overwhelmed because you see these big milestones people are hitting and you're just like, oh my gosh, how did they do that or whatever? And it's like, it's, it was a hundred small things that got them there. And I'm a big list maker. And so I do think each day it's like, start so small. Like, what are the 10 things I need to accomplish today? What are the 10 things for the business I need to do today? And, um, I actually loved your guys's podcast a few weeks ago about it was it was about working from home and remotely oh yeah but you talk about that like blocking out the time to do those things because it's it it can get bulldozed so quickly that you're like answering emails all day where yeah you look at email as like does email really bring the most value to your business i think a lot of us will say "Mm, for every 100 emails there's probably one that brings a ton of value so if you're spending a whole day like that can come off as and feel like a waste, you know? So having those blocks of time where it's like, yeah, I need to answer emails for an hour today, you know, crank that out, do those things, you know, I need to figure out packaging or I need to fill out, you know, or sign up for, or get an LLC or whatever, you know, get the website, you know, do those little things. But it's, it's really those small things that make the big, the big changes, you know? And I, I find that personally empowering because I think when you look at, you know, eating the whole sandwich, right? Yeah, that's totally. That's a lot where it's like, no, think of it in bites and pieces and it's a lot easier to get through that. I totally agree. And um, I want to talk about this because this is something that I'm really big on. I think that's 
for me, like failure has been like the biggest blessing for mm-hmm. me, even though at the time it was like, I can't do this. I'm like not meant to be, you know, a business owner, all this stuff. But like now as I've, you know, overcome it, I'm, I'm like, I'm taking so much that I learned from that. I'm like, I had to do that. Mm-hmm. I had to fail to be, to, for, for sauce to be what it is. Like sauce would not be around if it hadn't been for all my failures before. Yeah. So for you, like what has been one of like your biggest, I guess, failures or learning opportunities Ugh. with Fawn? And I've had, it- I've had so many, so many. And yeah, one of the things I, I talk about often now is how what's really hard, the like bigger your business gets is like the mistakes you make get really, really expensive. Mm-hmm. Like it's, we're not talking a thousand dollars. We're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars. And I, like, yeah. I currently like, have like an almost $300,000 failure <gasps> that I'm dealing with right now. Oh my gosh. So it's, it's at, you know, I'm learning a great lesson for from it, but it's like, that's like, that's so much money. That's so expensive. Yeah. And so that's like, what gets hard is it's, yeah, these things like you never stop learning. You never stop making mistakes, but they do get very expensive. But I, I am trying to think like I've, I've had so many, um, obviously little things, but the biggest theme I think I've noticed with like my, like my bigger mistakes, I guess, is all the times I've, those things have happened. It's because I haven't trusted my own intuition. And it's so hard to be like staring that in the face when Mm -hmm. you make a decision that you were like, that was really bad or that was dumb. And I knew it was dumb better and I knew better. Yes. And I can, I literally can pinpoint every single mistake I've made that was a big impact. Big learning lesson was always that. Like I always knew in my gut, like that didn't, wasn't feeling right about that, but I still did it anyway. And it's funny because, you know, when you mentioned a, a minute ago about kind of like you were talking about mentors and I, and that, and I kind of said to you, Hey, I don't know if you really need that. And the reason I said that, and I, I should pause though, there obviously I've had some amazing mentors yeah, wasn't Amazing Jeff one coaches. of your Yeah, like Jeff has been a mentor to, for me since we started working together. I mean, I've had um, like such great coaches, such great things, but I've also had ones that maybe weren't the best. But what I think, the reason I say that to a lot of people is because I think you want, you like want a mentor, you want a coach or someone to say, here's the 10 things you do to scale your business where, yeah. like I said at the start, like it doesn't, it's so individual. And the thing I want to just like hit home so hard is you know your business better than anybody else. And I know that that is so hard for people to believe, but Mm -hmm. it's so true. Like, and what's cool of working with someone like Jeff, like my CEO, is how often he says that to me of like, you actually know better than me. And he's, you know, in his late forties, he's come, you know, from massive companies. You know, he's, I mean, he is so successful and he looks at me and says, you know, Fawn better than me. Like, and I, that's the thing I want to hit home to every entrepreneur. You know, your business better than anybody else, you know, sauce better than anybody else. And so I think sometimes it can get a little bit muddy when you're, when you're constantly looking outward for validation for all those things. But like when you really hunker down and like look within, it's like, you know what you need to do. You might not know, all the ins and outs, but you, you know, what needs to happen and you have the ability 
to figure it out. Even if you're going to someone else of like, hey, I know I need to bring all my warehousing and logistics in-house. I don't know where to start, but I know that's what needs to happen. Yes. You know, like we just, we don't credit our intuition enough. Oh my gosh, and it, yes. And like when I do look at my failures, but also my successes, so much of that is because I trusted what I knew. And even with getting fawn off the ground, right, where I'm, you know, I mentioned at the beginning, like I, I didn't have this self-confidence. I didn't have the, the college degree or these, these things, but in my gut, I knew, I knew, like I knew what to do. And I just, when I started trusting myself, that's where I do think a lot of the growth happened and just really leaning into that. Um, and yeah, it goes for the failures. The times where I've like really messed up, it's because I went against, against what I thought was best. And a lot of times it was because someone else told me mm-hmm. that's what you need to be doing. Yes. You know, so. Oh, that's so good. And I, I feel like for me, I went through a time where I was confusing intuition with anxiety, mm-hmm. right? Like I feel like I actually had, I've, I think I've told this on the podcast before, but I had been like hanging out with this guy at the time and he was like so philosophical mm-hmm. and always like twisting ideas and which was like really fun and cool to talk to. But uh, we were talking about intuition and anxiety and it tripped me up for years, this mm-hmm. conversation, which is not his fault. Like he yeah. made a great point, but he, he said, cause I would always talk about my, my gut feeling, my gut feeling. He's like, is that your gut or is that your anxiety? And then I'll, I always asked myself that I'm like, is this, yeah. this is just anxiety. I'm being irrational. And I, I feel like what, when you're saying like your biggest failures was when you weren't listening to your intuition, like yeah. that's how I was for probably three years. Yeah. And it's, so it's like really like taking the time to get quiet with yourself. There's, um, the book, um, uh, untamed. I'm mm, sure you, yeah, yeah. you read that, um, by Glennon Doyle, but mm-hmm. she talks about like the knowing and like really just it's like basically meditating in whatever form that you can and just like like you said you have the answers inside of you and when you can really like take out the distractions and listen to what is like your gut is telling you that's where you make your best decisions yeah totally and i think that's what allows you to to learn those lessons when you you go against your gut because obviously you're gonna you're gonna make the mistakes and i've said that like so what are you gonna do to fix them but also like what are you going to do better next time? What yeah. do you, what did you learn from that? And I think of those, even this really expensive one I'm dealing with right now, I already know exactly what I'm not going to do next time, you yeah. know? And I feel fortunate that we're in a place where, you know, we, I don't even want to say we can make that mistake because we, it's a whole thing, but it's like, it's not going to end my business, yeah. you know, but it is something that's like, okay, yeah, we got a little too comfortable with some of these decisions and, you know, we got to, like do it different and here's the 10 things we're going to do differently and you know we're going to move on and we're not going to let it destroy what we're trying to accomplish i think another really important thing you know obviously like trusting your intuition is huge and that's actually something i'm trying to teach my girls almost above anything else obviously like i want them to be kind i want them to be honest i want those things but i'm like i want them to know they they know themselves. They know what they need. They know, mm-hmm. you know, what they're feeling and thinking and helping them, obviously, while they're young, learn to express that. But I'm like, I just want them to grow up knowing you have all the power. 
inside of you. You don't need anything else. You don't need a relationship. You don't need, you know, there's so many, there's a list of things you don't need. It's like, it's all within. And that's, what's so amazing about being a person, right? Is we have this goodness and these things inside of us. Um, so I think that's like a big thing I want them to learn. I, I know I said, I was like, there was something else I was going to say. And now I don't remember what it was that <laughs> I'm, sure it'll pop I'm like, up. yeah, if it pops up, um, anyway, but, well, I love that. I feel like that's something that's like very, I don't know. Like, I wish that more parents thought that way. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like I, and like, I even think back to like our parents back in the day, mm-hmm. like they didn't even think like that. Right. Yeah, and like, that's not thing. even their, yeah, it's not even their fault. Like, but imagine like how we evolved as people we would be if we understood this at five or six, yeah. you know what I mean? Or like we're being taught that. And I think that's huge. And I, and you know, so many, not just business owners or career driven people, like everyone experiences the battle of trying to hone in their intuition. And it's yeah. like a skill that I feel like sometimes it comes naturally to people, but to other people, it is so foreign and so hard. And like, but at the end of the day, like everyone has intuition. It's there. If you feel disconnected from yours, like get quiet, figure mm-hmm. out the ways that you can like list, like start getting deeper into yourself and understanding, like understanding what intuition even sounds like to you or feels like to you. Well, I, that's actually like such a good kind of segue, like, cause I know we wanted to touch on, I took a big yes. leave yes. from Fawn for a year and a half And it's actually a lot because of this whole thing we've been talking about with, I was feeling so much external pressure and voices and just of like, this is what you need to do to take your business here. And I was getting so wrapped up in what I should be doing and shouldn't be doing. And then to like feeling just all this overwhelming amount of pressure of needing to be this woman CEO, you know, this badass who's whatever and, you know, like just hustling and grinding. And I just felt that so much that I was starting to crack. Mm-hmm. I literally was breaking. Um, and I actually, I, this is like the first time I really am opening up about this mm-hmm. because I, it's not that I'm embarrassed by any means, but I just like needed that space to hunker down and to really, like you said, get quiet. And for me, it was really, um, getting my priorities. I don't even want to say priorities in place because it wasn't even, it was more of like, what is important to me? Because I've been in this rat race with my business and, you know, I mentioned like you, no one's going to care like you care. And that is like the biggest blessing and the biggest curse, right? Like, it's so hard to have healthy boundaries when you own a business. You know, it can just creep into every aspect of your life all day long, your thoughts, everything. And that's what was happening to me, you know, and I did that for six years straight and had two kids that I, I feel like I wasn't being a great mom. You know, I, I was trying really hard though to like, when I'm home, I'm the mom. And when I'm at work, I'm the CEO. But it was just getting to a point where I just was so fatigued from work that when I got home, I couldn't be the mom I wanted to be. Um, And I'm going to try really hard not to get emotional because it's, it is something that's like, it's, it's hard. It's, 
it's like so good for me to talk about, but it's hard to like, because yeah. I feel like I've come such a long way and I'm in such a great mental place and all these things are in such a good place, but it's hard to almost go like, oh, that was such a dark time. And I think the majority of people in my life had no idea because they see from Instagram and they see like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, Fawn's exploding. You're, you know, doing all these amazing collabs. You're in these stores, you're doing these things. And then it's like, and then I'm traveling and I'm, you know, I'm in Paris and I'm doing these things and it just makes it look so glamorous. But inside I was, I was suffering so much and, you know, it was getting to the point where I would drive to work and I literally would hope I would get like my, I would get hit by a car because oh I gosh. just, yeah. I was just like, I, I don't want to do this. I can't, but I felt like I couldn't get away and I feel like I couldn't stop. And, um, it felt like it had to always be me. Like it, it had to be me driving the ship. It had to be me calling the shots. And, um, obviously like mentally I was breaking down, but I think physically too, like I just was like, I just felt just, I don't even know how to describe it, but just like this blob of a human, you know, who's just trying to put on a a happy face. And, um, you know, so I was sitting in a executive meeting to plan out like the following year and um you know my execs were like mapping you know that we have this big whiteboard and we're putting everyone's names and what their roles are you know putting this big long list and I'm like staring at my list and I just was like in my head I'm like I don't want to do that I don't want to do any of that like I can't do that and I just you know they're mid going through things and I just said you guys I can't do this I can't do this Mm -hmm. and you know their faces were like uh you know what's going on and I just was like like I will not live if I keep going this way and I was like we'll (laughs) we'll talk logistics later but I just need you guys to figure this out and I walked out that's so powerful though like I know that sounds very dramatic because it was but it literally was my, that intuition, right, screaming yeah. at me of like, you need a break. Mm-hmm. You need a break. And I, the thing, like kind of my, you know, quick takeaway from all of that that I've realized recently is I wish I had taken better care of myself along the way so I didn't have to take a year and a half off. Yeah. Um. I think we don't realize what a disservice we are doing to our businesses when we kill ourselves mm-hmm. for our businesses. That like when we take care of ourselves and we have good, you know, good boundaries, these things that are hard for people who hustle, it is so hard for us mm-hmm. to slow down, to not do, to sit, to be. But when we're doing those things, that's actually the best thing we can do for our business. And it's it's also, it's like, it's the best thing you can do for yourself because now, like, I honestly feel like I am like living my dream life and I've gone nowhere, right? Like I've literally like, no one's traveled, but I've been like, I'm not going anywhere. Like I'm home way more. I'm spending quality time with my family, but then I'm also able to spend quality time with myself, you know, and I'm able to go to therapy and it's not like I've been going to therapy for five years straight but it was like like I'd go into a therapy session and just having a mental breakdown every time where now I feel like I go 
and like we're like working through some of the hard stuff from long ago that like has made me who I am but I wasn't even able to like do the work because I was like there's too much stuff on my plate right in front of my face that I need help yeah getting through so I can just make it another day um and two you know my like my marriage is in such a good spot and it wasn't and like you know I I try I try not to talk about it too much more so because I don't want my husband to like you know he obviously yeah has a voice and should be heard but you know him and I were not in a good spot and it was like it just felt like everything around me was crumbling and the only thing I had is like this business that's doing awesome and it's like but if I were in a life yes and it's like I could lose everything but I still have this business it's like that doesn't yeah that doesn't matter so um that's like something that I'm like start taking care of yourself now so that you don't have to take a year and a half sabbatical and you know what even if you do that's great do it like you deserve it your life is worth it your business will still be there waiting for you and I feel so fortunate that I did the work to have quality people along the way that I felt like I could walk away for a minute and have a breather and they all were they I mean they still they're so supportive of me they want that for me they it's also too really helped me hone in on what value I actually bring to Fawn yeah like I could be doing a million things that would be great for Fawn but I've really come to learn like no these like four things are what has made Fawn Fawn and those are the things that I do best you know but all the other stuff like it doesn't have to be I don't have to be the one doing it you know other people can do it and should do it and um you know now after taking such a long break and coming back obviously there were some things that I was like I'm not thrilled about but at the same time I don't look at that as a failure at all I look at that as that was time that I so needed and then it's helped me to come back and be reinvigorated and really be able to say okay here's the holes in fawn you know and a big thing like the brand is just feeling a little stale and it's even reflecting me or how I feel so you know bringing you guys in was like a big part of that process of like that reinvigoration that I was feeling of like I think it's time to do these things and I'm excited to do it. And, you know, Sauce has been such a great partner in getting that to where it is right now. And I'm, I'm so excited for where it's going. But the other thing that's been awesome too is it's still allowed me to have this healthy boundary. Yeah. Where I'm like, I, you know, I'm not going to say I could do what you guys are doing. I'm like, I, I could to a point. I don't think it would be as good. But the old me would have been like, oh, we're doing a rebrand. Like, of course I have to head that up and I have to do this and I have to be there for every photo shoot and I have to whatever micromanage um and it's been so nice to be like "Mm, I don't know and we're working with people who are doing such a great job um but yeah I'm like just mental health like it's it's something I'm so passionate about because I feel like I'm someone who's who's dealt with mental health issues my entire life I like distinctly remember having depression you know as an eighth grader but not knowing that's what it was because even then it wasn't people really weren't talking about it um and now I'm like I I want to talk about it because I don't there's no reason for entrepreneurs especially and women and moms to get that bad we don't need to let it get that bad there's so many things we can do along the way 
to help us get to a better spot. Yeah. I think that is so powerful. And like, especially coming from you where like, yeah, it's like externally, it looked like you were just crushing it and doing all the things and like checking all the boxes where meanwhile you were crumbling inside. And I think like seeing like you take that break is honestly so inspiring and like taking care of yourself. And now it's instead of it being like a full blown, like, like you said, like, like, I wish I didn't have to take all that time off. I Mm -hmm. wish I was maintaining it. And so, but now it's maintenance for you. Like you were saying, like you go to therapy now and it's more like working through these hard issues, but it's not a full mental breakdown like Mm -hmm. it used to be. And I think that is like the benefit of therapy. I mean, this is going down like that road, but like talk therapy is so such a thing, like retelling the story over and over again, it it gets easier and easier and easier. And the more you work through these things, the better off you're going to be. And so like start now, like start taking Mm -hmm. care of yourself and if you're that person listening and you need to take a year and a half off freaking do it do it your business will be there and it will be fine like it it will like you know and ask the people around you for help you know i just i think too right being the like i keep saying this like owner ceo boss babe you know whatever all these things like you i just know i felt like i couldn't say that i wasn't okay like i needed to be this pillar of strength you know and it was like no one has asked me to do that like that's all self-inflicted and Mm -hmm. the second I got comfortable with like yep my butt needs to be in therapy and to like I need a break I need fresh air Mm -hmm. I need time with my kids like I need time with my family like my husband and I I do feel really grateful that Fawn was at a place that I felt like I could do that, but I can honestly say that even, even if it wasn't, it still was the right decision yeah. a thousand percent. Cause I'm complete. I feel like I'm a completely different person right now than I was two years ago because yeah. of it. Well, and I think that like that alone, you're like, I feel like I had to be so strong to be mm-hmm. like the boss, babe, the whatever. But to me, like I, I would say it's even stronger to go to therapy and take care of yourself and take that risk of, you know, taking a year and a half off and focusing on yourself and your family. I think that's like that, like, yes, it's strong to be the boss babe and try to pull it all together, but to finally like realize like my, I need to take care of myself, Mm -hmm. my mental health. Like that's huge. And like the more you, the more I talk to you and the more I get to know you, I feel like I relate to you on so many levels. And like, So when I hear you say those things, like, I feel like I'm in hustle mode right now. And it's like, I know how hard, like, I can only imagine how hard it would be to take a year and a half Mm -hmm. off of this, of this whole thing that's been your baby, right? It's been every, everything that you've been focusing on for years and like a big, huge informative time of your life, your early twenties, you know? And so I think that's so strong and I'm so glad that like you are sharing this because you never know who's listening that needs to hear this. Yeah. You know, well, and I'm glad you say that because it's, you know, sometimes it's, it's not easy to share those things because you do, you do feel those like, I can't believe like I'm telling people I did that, you know, but I really hope that by sharing, it does help somebody and it helps them like course correct before it's, you know, it's too late, you know, because I, f- I feel really fortunate that that I did because I, I really don't, yeah, I don't like know where where I would be. And I and it's given me a new sense of like true gratitude for each day and for even the mundane, you know, really that yeah. 
I think I really needed, you know, of being grateful to drop off and pick up at, you know, school pickup, you know, or unloading the dishwasher while my kids are doing their homework or even being at work and sitting in a meeting and feeling invigorated and feeling, you know, inspired and all those things where you just get so caught up in it and you're not even appreciating it and you're not even, yeah, you're just going through the motions and it's like the deadliest trap to get into totally well kind of going back to even saying like building something building a big business or a big dream it's it's built in the small things and Mm -hmm. i think that's how your life is too it's those small moments and like acknowledging those moments i think something that goes along with all of this that i because i think you know there's probably people listening just like well i can't even like like, well, like even just you saying, right? Like I'm in this hustle. How would I ever take the time? But I do think it's those small things. But I think remembering that um, you, well, I, 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 also, I, can't, I can't speak for all businesses, right? But most businesses, right? We're not saving lives, right? Yeah. This is, the fawn, fawn bags aren't a life-saving device, right? Yeah. So any problem or issue that arises can wait till tomorrow. Yes. And I'm like, and I'm not talking about like procrastinating. We all know what procrastinating is, but this is like where something, especially when you've set that boundary of like, hey, it's five o'clock, I'm done for the day. And the texts come in or the email comes in or the phone call comes in. You just have to make those those decisions now of like, that's going to be a no for me, mm-hmm. you know? Because that's the only way to start to create that space that you need. And I, I, I wasn't good at that, right? Like I did, I thought everything was so urgent and so important and it needed to be handled right away. And of course there are times where there are true emergencies, but those are so far and few in between. And I think we treat everything like it's an emergency and it has to be done today and it has to be go out today and ship today and this today and reply to, and there's, like I truly am like looking back quickly of like anything that I felt that sense of urgency if it really was and I really can't think of one single thing that was that really merited that level of I gotta handle this right this minute totally um so I think that's how you start creating Mm -hmm. that space is sitting down what are your what are your yeses what are your no's the other thing I preach all the time to entrepreneurs is if it's not if it's not a hell yes, it's a hell no. Yes. Like if you get asked to do something or something comes up and you have an inkling of, Ugh, I don't want to do that. That doesn't resonate with me. Then it should be a no because yeah. you can, you know, say yes till you're blue in the face and that's how you break down, you know? So it's like, you'll get invited to things and it's hard when you're like, Oh, like that's such a good opportunity. But you know, there's going to be a million of those along the way. And by, you know, saying no to something you are saying yes to something else and that's Mm -hmm. like how you get I guess that's how you mentally get yourself to a spot where you feel like you can take some of that space yeah no I can't like I could not agree more it's we can't treat everything like an emergency Mm -hmm. it's like it's like we only have so much energy we were kind of talking about this on the podcast a while ago but like you can't be at your peak at all times, mm-hmm. right? You can't be in peak physical shape at all times. You can't be on top of your game at all times. So it's like, find the things that, yeah, I love that you said, like, know your yeses and know your, your mm-hmm. no's and like focus on those things. And I just think that's so good. Um, well, 
I could literally talk to you for hours. I know. I'm like, this, I feel like this is getting like three hours long. Sorry, I, like, and sorry I everyone. I still have so many questions for you. Like, we'll have we'll, to do We'll do a part again. two for sure. Yes. But we do want to announce something really exciting. Yeah, real exciting. By the time this comes out, we, I mean, I guess Jenny. With your help. But yeah, um, I was like, this is very relevant. But I'm launching a podcast. Yes. And I'm so so excited it feels so right this is like one of the first times i've said this out loud besides like to friends and family but yeah um well i guess by this when this comes out it will be already launched yeah so it launches september uh 30th 30th yeah so when this comes out that will be yesterday yeah (laughs) so the episode's already live you guys go subscribe go listen i think if you listen to this podcast, Jenny's is going to be 100 times even oh, better. Oh, stop. No, truly, like you're, like I said, such a wealth of knowledge and such like sound advice. It's not just your typical business, like hustle, hustle, hustle. Like you got to do the yeah, hard things. Mine's like, not going to be that. No. Opposite of hustle. Just kidding. No, but there is, there's a time and place yes. for the hustle. And I think, you know, doing this almost a decade has taught me that there's a time and a season for everything. And like I said, I'm. I'm such a big advocate for mental health and I just want to shout it from the rooftops to, to people and to women, especially, you know, and mothers, right? Like there's a, I mean, there's going to be a thousand episodes, right? About just mothers in general of the place you get to and then having a career or being career driven or wanting a career, all these things that just add so much. Um, but I do feel like I have so much I want to share with people, but then also getting guests and things that have lots to share because I think that's you know that's how we heal is mm-hmm. by telling our stories and hoping that it helps somebody else maybe not make those same decisions along the way and um I've I've wanted to do a podcast for a long time I feel like every podcaster says that right like yeah but it's so true that I've just felt it so deeply and I mentioned it to Sam at the start of the year that I'm like I I do want to do this I just I'm not sure how to make it fit into my life right now. And that's kind of what I've spent this year of like, what does that look like for Jenny specifically? Right. Because I do have these strong boundaries. Um, and I, I finally felt like, no, I know how I want to make this work. And I, I feel really called to do it. And it feels so like, just like right in my soul. And I don't know how to explain it. Um, and so, yeah, I'm thrilled for this outlet for me because I think it will, I think it will truly help me so yeah. much. And obviously I hope that it will help others too. But I think there's just, yeah, there's so much power in sharing, sharing your story. I couldn't agree more. I'm so selfishly excited. <laughs> I think it's going to be so good. And I know, you know, the plan is to do, you know, lots of solos and just mm-hmm. hear like straight from you. And I think your, your knowledge is so valuable, um, especially for those that are, you know, in the thick of the business or even just starting out or maybe they've already made it, you know, and it's yeah. just, I think hearing even, you know, our conversations have helped me so much. Like I can only imagine what your podcast is going to do. And so, so excited. It's called, that's my jam. That's my jam. It's going to be Jenny. Yes. It's going to be on Apple podcast and Spotify, mm-hmm. anywhere you listen to podcasts. Yeah. It will be there, but I'll, um, my personal Instagram is just Jenny Wecker and that's where all the podcast stuff will live. And I'll obviously have it linked there. 
Um, and then, yeah, my business is Fawn Design, if, yes. you, if you missed that. So, yeah, you can find us, fawndesign.com, Fawn Design on Instagram and all TikTok. other TikTok. I was like, what a, you know, <laughs> TikTok and all the other spots. But yeah, I'd love to hear from you and, you know, slide into my DMs if you have questions. And yeah, I would love for you to listen to the podcast and hopefully, yeah, any something we said today hopefully helps you. But I hope those of you who are listening just know that you're just so important and the work you're doing is important and don't let anyone tell you otherwise. I love it. So good. Okay. I have one last question yes. for you. The hardest question. The hardest one of all. <laughs> um, if you could only have one sauce for the rest of your life, what would you choose and why? It's so funny. I have been thinking about this for weeks since we <laughs> talked about the podcast. And I just, I think I, I want to say ranch dressing. And I, I haven't realized until I was an adult truly how much I love ranch. Like it is just, it's a classic. It's so good and you can't go wrong. But you know, I also was like, Oh, but I also love, I love a one. And I love that. A one is so good. Yeah. And I love that. Like campfire fry sauce at red Robin. Oh yeah. The only reason you go to red Robin is you get that sauce and fries. That's, that's what training table. Oh, training table. Don't even get, (laughs) How did that place go out of business? It was so good. I don't know. It was so busy. And it was fun. You got a call on the phone. Call on the phone. You're not like a Utah local. There was this burger joint. (laughs) You literally had this old fashioned phone and you call to the desk to order. Yeah. And and it was was the best. It was just the highlight, like the peak of childhood. If like you got the turn to pick up the phone and order the food for your family. Literally. But they had like the best fry sauce, their cheese fries. Oh. Someone bring it back. Seriously. We're coming for you. It won't be me because restaurant business is not for me, but yeah. someone else do it, please. Someone else. And I will yes. come. I will we, come yeah. and I will buy we will keep all you in the business. cheese fries. As single-handedly. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining me. This was so good. I cannot wait for this to go live. This is so Me too. Amazing. I'm excited. Thanks so much for, you know, all your kind words. And I, yeah, like I rave about you always. I'm just so impressed with you and everything you're doing. And I'm excited for your future. You've got a lot of good ahead and yeah, I'm excited to see what we do with Fawn. I think we'll look back in the next few years and it will just, our minds will be blown. Oh, 100%. I can't wait. Well, thank you again. And you guys go subscribe to That's My Jam. It's now available. So good. And I'm sure we'll talk again on here soon. Yeah, let's do it for sure. For sure.